Get beautiful. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking Balls. Um, I'm your host Neil Adams, and joined as always uh, from joined as always from Mark, Rob, and Kurt. How are you guys? <laughs> sorry, about, I heard it. Sorry about that. I heard an echo and I was trying to sort it. That's <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What's going on?" Um, yeah. How are you? Yeah, it's good to be back, mate. After my week off. The festive season now over, and for another one to begin. You've been here for two weeks, good, mate. Good to be back with my talking balls, boys. You know. Yep. And it is Curtis's first week. Welcome, Yo. Kurt. Thank Welcome you, Curtis. So uh, you did the whole big build up to having a new, um, having a new sort of host join you on the show, and I can't imagine what a letdown this is for everybody watching. So uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, and joined this week is the Spendubulus. That was weird. Will Gavin, how are you, sir? Yeah, no, I need to know. What was that word? Spendufilus. It's an Irish thing. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah, use that yeah, in a right. sentence. <laughs> yeah, Will what, Gavin what is, is Spendufilus. He just did use it in a sentence. Spendufilus. <laughs> that, that's what I was told that you are. Well, I'm just wrong with it. You have so, to add uh, that to your bio you now, That's <laughs> it. So, how are you, good I, sir? My non-existent Wikipedia page. Yeah, I, I'm all right. I'm still feeling a little bit from the weekend. I am closing in quickly on the big 4-0 and I feel like weekends like the one I've just had in Frankfurt, you used to be able to bounce back from them way quicker and it's already like Tuesday evening and I'm still like shaking a little bit and <laughs> struggling a little bit. Voice is just about to come back. We'd done this yesterday, honestly. I'd have been a croaky mess, so uh, I'm glad we did it today, honestly. <laughs> I have so many questions from that sentence. Like, first of all, when are you 40? <laughs> oh, not till next, not for another year, but it's just oh, like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm in that year and it just starting to feel the countdown as it comes in. Because I'm 40 in two weeks. So, uh, any big I, plans? Uh, any big? Get drunk. <laughs> the, He's, he's being modest, he went to Belgium. Ah, nice, <laughs> nice. I, I'm desperately, I was saving to try and go to New Orleans for my uh, 40th next year. That's the big aim. I'm going to New um, York in February, if that's anything. Nice, for the, for the yeah. Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm doing that. You, you know, it's in Las Vegas, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the ticket to Vegas was so much more dear than New but, York. And there won't be any New York teams involved. You realise that as well. No, I I don't know about that there because there's talk of uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back next week. All right. So you're buying Aaron Rodgers leading that Jets team. Uh, apparently, they've now said it's more likely to be Christmas Eve rather than Thanksgiving. But what a present would that be? <laughs> you know? Hope you're not waiting too long for it. That deal. That's, all, that's all I want for Christmas is you, Aaron Rodgers. But Neither we've got the jazz up, Neil. How did they get on this weekend? Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, how you got on in Germany. Just getting that thing early. That's all right. My 49ers didn't play this week, so that's the only reason I agreed to come on after three back-to-back-to-back <laughs> losses. I was like, I'm not doing it on any of those weeks. So, yeah, five weeks are the time to do it. Well, how did you get on in uh, Germany? I take it uh, by you, when you're talking about your voice that you did have a lot of uh, stains and stuff. Yeah, look, it was sensational. Frankfurt, 
not necessarily as great a city as, as Munich was in terms of the, the good times they had brought. A bit more of like, it's a bit like going to coming to England for a game and going to Milton Keynes. It's like a business city. It's lots of hotels. There's lots of hotel bars. It's lots of, and, and there were good, we found some decent places. Like we ended up in an Irish bar on Sunday night for the Eagles Cowboys game. It feels like I always feel a bit cheap if I end up in an Irish bar in America or somewhere in Europe. But you know they're showing the games. You know they're going to be pouring Guinness. You know, like so it's kind of fine. And so we ended up watching that game there. And then we ended up we would so we watched eagles cowboys in there and i think the eagles society of germany were in there so that wild fourth quarter we were enjoying it with our friends we met with like sam quick and her husband were in there we've been out watching the chiefs and like loads of eagles fans so that was a really good time and then a buddy of ours uh joe freddie from uh oh what's his podcast called? one of the other uk podcasts uh got in touch with us he's like oh uh, they're going to be showing the late game in this place just down the road. It's called the Bistro something or another, Koenig Bar and Grill. And we're like, all right. I mean, it sounds like a, a good time. And it was literally a kebab shop with like a <laughs> bar attached to it next door that was probably no bigger than the room I'm saying now. Full of <laughs> the oddest or drunkest people you, that you could find across all of Frankfurt. Uh, sounds so, like a good time. Attention to Bill's Bengals, but... <laughs> The night rolled until they closed at six, so it was it was pretty wild. Yeah, I could well believe it. Like yeah, six o'clock's a nice wee time to get out of the bar, isn't it? Oh, I, I, I ducked out a little earlier, but I'm not going to tell you how much earlier, just in case my wife's listening. But hey, it was wasn't. Six. <laughs> 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 Is this six p.m. or six a.m. though? <laughs> oh, Very much the a.m. Depends who you ask, doesn't it? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How was the games then, Will? Any stories? Tell us all the crack. Yeah, but the game itself was, uh, I think everyone who, who saw that game on uh, on Sunday was hoping for, you know, everyone wanted it to be, you know, 45-41, absolutely wild, back and forth shootout, all of the talent mm. on those two offences. And whilst it was incredibly fast-paced, like the first half went by in, in the blink of an eye, I think defensively much stronger. I think what you saw from both those teams was both what makes them so brilliant, but also what makes them so flawed and why both teams could easily make it to deep into January. But why I kind of feel like unless we see a big jump, particularly in the Chiefs offensively, I don't think that they're the Super Bowl team for the AFC this year right now. At the same time, they've got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and, and you know Travis Kelsey and all of that. So can Kill they figure it out? Abs absolutely, they can figure it out, right? Um, I just I sort of didn't see enough of it on uh, on Sunday to really get me excited. But what I did see was a defense that you know they're, they're starting five players in the starting lineup and one of, the, one of their rotational defensive backs all came out of the 2022 draft. They're so young and they're so talented. Trent McDuffie absolutely incredible on uh, on Sunday and, and Cook with that that fumble return where Trent McDuffie steps up, hits Tyreek Hill, ball comes out and his fellow safety just tosses it back to him to run it back for the for the kind of fumble return six. I just, the creativity, the balls on them considering the podcast that I'm on, uh, like everything about <laughs> it was just sensational and they were all from that same draft class and I just thought, like, Jairus need went up against Tyreek Hill all night and kept him pretty quiet. And so I think their defense might carry them deep, but I don't think that it's going to be the thing that gets them over the line this year. Uh, for in terms of the, the atmosphere and everything, though, like I compare it with Munich last season, and 
it probably wasn't elevated to that same level. Smaller stadium, second year doing it, maybe a little bit less hype around the city because it wasn't necessarily as nice city. Like I think a lot of people travelled in on the day rather than spending the whole weekend in Munich. Like actually, the city centre wasn't that busy at all. But Frankfurt's like you can get trains to basically anywhere in Germany within a couple of hours. I think a lot of people like left the game and left. Like not a lot of people went out in town in Frankfurt, but. Uh, still, the atmosphere in the stadium, absolutely incredible. The fans, absolutely sensational. No one was out of their seats before the end of the game and for quite a while afterwards as well. We were lucky enough to kind of get down on the field and chat to some of the players and, and start beforehand. And they couldn't get over the atmosphere, how knowledgeable the players and the fans were, etc. And, and yeah, I, I, I long live, I, obviously I'm going to say this forever because of the England, the London games anyway, but yeah, long live the international series. But Germany deserves two games and it probably is going to drop back to one next year, but Germany could easily host as many games as we do. Yeah, I think with the plans to, I don't know if you saw the Roger Goodell interview with Sky this weekend. Yeah, Goodell said that they're going to, they're definitely going into a new market. The all the chatter on Monday morning was going to be Madrid this year with probably the Bears who have the rights to that market and then the Dolphins to Brazil the year after where they put the rights to that market when it's back to the AFC having nine games so like unless they're going to negotiate up from the four games that they've already got negotiated on the CBA it's going to be two in London at Tottenham one in Germany and one somewhere else I reckon that's I mean I'm talking literally I've come on here and I'm talking about admin What's going on, boys? That's, this is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, it's let, so let easy just to... up and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> It's so easy to spiral out and just talk so much balls like when you're on with us, mate. Um, <laughs> so before, before we go into more games, um, do us a favour, Will, and just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, mate. How you got involved in the sport, all that sort of guff. Yeah, of course. I, I've been at TalkSport now uh, on and off since 2012 and kind of permanently since about 2015-ish. Uh, and I've, ever since I've been there, I've been covering the NFL. It's been a sport I've loved since probably 10 years before that when I was kind of in my teens. And my old man worked in San Francisco a lot of the time. And so I ended up spending quite a bit of time out there and through that fell in love with the 49ers and with the sport in general. And then, you know, as soon as the game started coming over here and I got to go see Stasi in live games, it was I was absolutely hooked. So, you know, when I started at TalkSport 11 years ago, there weren't a lot of people in the building who were fans, right? There was a few of us. And you can just see the growth there that we now have to have two 14-team two fantasy leagues just to keep everyone happy, to make sure everyone gets in. And, you know, it's presenters, it's production staff, it's everybody that wants to get involved in it. And... You know, our coverage has grown and grown. We started doing the Super Bowl the last six, seven years, doing the London games, doing Sunday night football. And, you know, we've done both Germany games live and doing next weekend as well. And you know, I was lucky enough to actually do play-by-play -play this weekend with my very good friend Simon Clancy from Gridiron, who had himself a little moment this weekend. I don't know if you saw the Mike McDaniel, like, responding to his question in the press conference and basically praising how knowledgeable he was and... It yeah, because that was when he goes like, you've got an accent and you seem to know what you're talking about. This is great. <laughs> and then he turned around and went, yeah, and two are uh, also yeah. like, it's some of the Shanahan offense where he like turns his back on the defense. And goes, and the guy's like, yeah, now you're flexing. Calm down. <laughs> you know, the, the wildest thing about this. So that happened on Friday and we missed the beginning of the press conference because we flew in. We had hotel troubles. It was all a bit of a mess. 
but we were uh, we were speaking to Raheem Mostert just after training, and so we're like, right, we'll get down there just after the press conferences, and we'll set ourselves up, and we should be fine still. But we walked in, and I saw Simon, and he's absolutely beaming. Like, you know, there's there's not a, a spare bit of face left that's not smile. Like, he is absolutely, and he said, like, he explained to me what happened, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing, but didn't think anything more of it. And then, like, I, I'm, like, literally going from the Dolphins practice to the Chiefs practice, and I'm on my phone, I start flicking through Twitter and I start flicking through Instagram and I start seeing all these massive names like tweeting about it and posting the video and stuff. I'm like, what is going on? But we got down onto the field on Sunday to do a bit of pre-game stuff and we'd interviewed uh, Drew Tranquil, the, the Chiefs linebacker on Friday. And I saw him doing a few warm-ups before the game and I just like, yeah, he was down by the sideline. I said hello to him, you know, shook his hand and he was just like, first thing he said to me was, oh, I saw your boy asking McDaniel's questions the other day. I'm like, <laughs> that is mental. That a player from one of the other teams has seen my mate who's doing the comms with me in it. Like, that's. I didn't think that players really paid attention in that way anyway. But to have him bring it up with me, and then like after the game we spoke to him again, just because it's like when you've established that bit of a rapport, you get in the locker room, you're like, I'm going for that guy because I know he'll give me five, six minutes and it'll be good because yeah. there's that little bit there. And he said it again afterwards. He's just like, dude, I can't get over how knowledgeable like everyone we've spoken to the UK and Europe is. It's mental. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's massive here. You'll you keep coming back, trust me, because you'll just see it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Does that mean that there's going to be a wee bit of a competition when they're next over in Germany that you have to ask a very intellectual question? Dude, I I I love football and I you know every podcast I listen to is football and every book I read is football and you know like literally today so I had a work from home day today and I had to drop my wife off at work because then I had like some errands to run and stuff. And I got home and I watched Jets Chargers in full whilst I worked between like 10 a.m. and 1 a.m. 1 today because I'm that much of a glutton for punishment. Like ads and all, I literally just played the whole thing through while I was working because I'm that ridiculous. But when it comes to like knowing football, Simon Clancy, I think him and a uh, guy, you know, Ollie Connolly, who's now with Gar the Guardian, but then it had uh, Substack, this is stuff at ESPN, this is stuff at Gridiron. Those guys know more, like, have forgotten more about football than I will ever know. Like, they are insane. Like, they could be scouts, they could be coaches. Like, they, the way they watch the game is just. Simon was alongside me on CoComs on Sunday, and I'd, I'd call the play and. When you're calling it, you've got you talk about the setups. You talk about where the quarterback is, where the receivers are, etc. You describe the play, and then you give the down and distance, or, or the time, or whatever you give at the end of the play. You know, now second and six, and everything Simon said was like he'd watched the playback five times on tape and made notes. But he'd watch the same thing I'd watch live, and he'd just be like, "What made that play work so well?" Is Chris Jones operated on an inside stunt against Connor Williams, and he really struggles on the right side uh, since he's had that injury. And he's just like, "You sit there going, how do you see that from a hundred yards away while we're not like we're at the back of the stand?" And like it's like he's watching it in slow motion, and I'm watching it at double speed because I'm just trying to remember anything that's happened. So. I'm never going to try and compete with him for anything, honestly. I'd like, he he has that world locked up. I'm just happy with my role within it. That's it. One, one thing uh, I want to focus before we move on. You said about yeah. fantasy. How's your fantasy team getting on this year, Will? Uh, which one? <laughs> uh, I, I'll talk, I, I, I'll happily talk about my 8-0 team and I'll talk about my 7-1 team. They're, they're, you know, flying along. Although we just have weeks, so, uh, sorry, 9-0 and 8-1 and actually both won again this week. But, 
Yeah, there are a couple that I'm, my Dynasty League is falling apart. I won it last year, but I'm almost entirely predicated on Bengals players in that league for some reason. And so when they started the season terribly, I continued my season terribly. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag. When you're in like five or six leagues, I don't know, you boys must be in quite a few as well. Have you have you got a podcast one? Have you got a boys got one that's like... We, we have a couple of or... podcasts one, yes. Um, but that yeah. is the only one we've got at the minute, yeah. Um, yeah. We were going to do more, but we don't. We, we decided just to do this one this year, and then we'll go do a couple more next year. And, and I'm uh, not in honestly, that one yet, so I'm open to tips as well. I'm open <laughs> to- honestly, I got to a point where I was in like ten or eleven leagues, and it is way wow. too much. Because you no. get to like five, you get to like five fifteen on a on a Sunday, and I've got ready for the show and everything. I'll go, I'm not done my fantasy teams, and it literally takes the rest of that forty five minutes to get everything sorted because yeah. you've got so many to go back on, and you inevitably miss something. So I like limited myself. So I do. I'm in five now. With Dynasty League and a few others, but my problem is, is I'm generally pretty good at fantasy. But the one league which I'm in, like that I've been in since we first started our first podcast, like 10, 12 years ago, and we did it with a bunch of fans, and it's I absolutely love it. We do a live draft every year. They're they're a great group of lads. A few of them work in and around the NFL, but most of them are just fans who just travel down and do these things. And honestly, you couldn't wish for a nicer group of blokes. I have never won that league in over a decade. I have only been to the final once. I lose in the playoffs rarely, if I even ever get there. Like, it's just something about that league that they've just got me beat every single year. And so, even being four and three, four and four in that league, I'd be happy. So, yeah, you know, have one league that you really care about, and then a lot of other ones just have some fun. Yeah, well, that's it. This this year, I'm doing. I was doing all right until I think of what I'm basically the the 49ers have lost the last three games. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From first down to fifth. But uh, Rob, he's been propping the propping the table up there for a wee while now, and he's just not anymore. Week, haven't you, not buddy? anymore. I'm eleventh now. You <laughs> second from bottom. Second from bottom. <laughs> That's my worst season ever in uh, fantasy. I'm normally pretty good up in the top. Last year I went nine and zero. Then I sort of done the Cowboys and flopped and finished nine and seven. I think. So yeah, um, <laughs> I, the the one league I am doing really well in is the Talksport League, where I've only lost one game this year. And wow. we, we've only been running that league for about three years now. And Darren Bent won it the first year he joined it and has done nothing but talk smack ever since. Plus, he's an Eagles fan on top of that. So constantly gives me shit for the NFC Championship game as well. And so, like, I, I, I just, I've got to win that this year. Like, that is the one. I Like, honestly, you could, I could lose everything else this year. Every other game I'm in this year. If I can yeah. win that league, I'll go home happy. Oh, you're just right, mate. No, this is, Kurt has, Kurt doesn't do the fantasy at the minute. So, like, he's, like, doesn't know what we go through on a Sunday night. No. And then if our players are not playing until Monday night, you have to go, please, Austin Leckler or something, please give me 46 points. <laughs> you're, not re- you're not really selling it to me, like, so you're not spreading <laughs> it. It, it could either ruin your week or make it <laughs> awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, honestly, last night. My wife, who is in the, uh, who co-manages a team in that that league of note I was telling you about, was going up against my best mate, and they had one had Garrett Wilson and one had Brees Hall, and like they were predicted to finish like a point apart from each other. They're both on like ninety points. They're both yeah. predicted to finish on like one hundred and one, and 
I think between them, they scored one and a half fantasy points last night. Like, it was an utter <laughs> car crash. Uh, so, yeah, it's it does, Curtis, it, it does absolutely break you. I'm not going to lie. And <laughs> sometimes it can leave me more miserable than my actual team losing, particularly if I lose to my wife. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Um, I usually, I, I think I found myself rooting for Austin Eckler because I have him on Monday night. <laughs> and I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> Yeah, when, after the second turnover of the first quarter, you probably realised you weren't winning that game anyway. Let's go, Austin. Just you get a couple more touchdowns, buddy. I won't lie. I, I told you I watched it back in full today. I very nearly at the second quarter went, oh, this is going to get brutal. Let's just skip to the fourth quarter. But I stuck it out. I'm not glad I did, but I did anyway. Welcome to my life, Will. <laughs> hey, my producer's a Jets fan and honestly we came in to do uh, the 49ers Bengals game last weekend and that obviously followed straight after your overtime ridiculous victory oh. over the Giants and I've never seen a man go through the ringer more in the space of 20 minutes over a 13 <laughs> to 10 win it was ridiculous yeah, it was so, like, yeah I, do, I understand your pain I do I get the it the most boring game ever and then just all the emotions at the end is it was ah. mental. The, the most boring game ever is that Super Bowl between the Pats and the Rams. I was all wasted, not sleeping. Oh, that was so bad. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I really enjoyed that Super Bowl. Did you really? Uh, well, I just, I, this is this is going to be really like name clangy and, and a bit like uh, uh, a bit flashy, but. So I was doing, when we did that game, uh, Nat Coombs was out hosting it. And so rather than doing hosting duties, I was like third man in the booth, kind of doing like stats and bits and some sideline stuff. And basically I'd done most of my job in the week in all the build-up shows. And on the day, I was just like the extra person to do some bits and pieces. But the NFL, they give us like some players every year. They do this broadcast boot camp thing where like uh, guys who are just about to retire or guys who have just retired, they take them out to like NFL Network, ESPN and stuff through the season and do kind of broadcast training with them. And then Super Bowl week, they bring them down to Radio Row and we get a bit of time with them. And they always end up sitting with us at the Super Bowl, basically. We can pick their brains. And so on the one game, it was like a defensive masterclass of like modern Super Bowls. I was sat next to the former Titans linebacker, Wesley Woodgers. And honestly, he sat there and described to me through the whole game what Bill Belichick was doing, how they were changing the coverages, how it was messing with Jared Goff, why it was work, not working. And I, I honestly, I was just like, I, I, was in, I was in heaven. I was like, I, this is a terrible game of football. And I know everyone back at home who was watching this at three in the morning in some bar it just is absolutely just desperate for there to be more scores. But I, I, I'm having the time of my life, so this can go on forever. That's fine with well, me. What we did was get the deck of cards and the poker chips out and decided to play poker while it was on in the background. Rob, the Super Bowl that uh, our two teams had against each other, uh, I remember doing that. We were doing a, an event in, in London. That was probably the last one I didn't get to kind of cover the talk sports. So we did a live event with our old podcast. And when the blackout happened and my team were down by four scores and... They scored the kickoff return right off the second half kickoff as well. Even though you spend that whole extra long halftime building it back up in your mind, right? We can come back. We've got a great offense. We've got, you know, we're a great run game. We've got good aerial threat. Like we can, we can definitely come back in this. You score the kickoff return, and then we had to spend an hour while it was in the dark, just sat in that bar, 
watched, not knowing what to do with myself. Uh, I ended up going on TalkSport, like over the phone, just, I thought I was going to like break down in tears or something. And then we nearly come back. But yeah, that's, poker chips probably is the way to have gone. Then I would like yeah. bust out the table and just say, do you know what? Patriots have won. We don't need to see that again. Uh, I and they loves it. you love I, it when the poker comes out, Neil, because you always bloody win. <laughs> I hate the Patriots. I hate Tom Brady. Now, if Tom Brady was become a Jets quarterback this year, you know, and just come back for a couple of months, I would be happy enough with him there now. But no, <laughs> just sure like Rogers is coming game. back. Who? Rogers is coming back. back. He's coming back for Christmas. It's my Christmas present <laughs> from the Jets. All right, <laughs> you know, and it's all I want. That's all it is. That's all I need. You know, Zach Wilson can just lead the chip, which he's not doing. He's just. <laughs> Um, you know, you're three, you got three wins in a row. I mean, that's not his fault. Well, that's because he, he handled the ball, the Brees Hall, the whole time. And Brees is awesome. And then whenever they don't, they lose. But so you were saying, Gavin, or well, sorry, well, Gavin, um, that <laughs> you don't think the Chiefs are going to make the Super Bowl. Who do you think is going to make the Super Bowl then? Uh, I love the Ravens at the moment. Like I'm not just saying that because Rob sat there proudly in his Rob jersey. Rob doesn't even support the Ravens. I'm a Seahawks fan. He didn't, oh, have time. he didn't have time to change his top beforehand. I know, you come on quicker. I'll have it sitting here waiting to go on. <laughs> but sure. In fact, uh, well, they, they, okay, baby. they pointed it out to me. They were like, or oh, Curtis right. was said about me being a Ravens fan. And I was like, I'm not. I'm a Seahawks fan. And then I sort of went, oh, no. And then you came on. And I was like, no. <laughs> I couldn't get my jersey on in time. So... Well, look, I, it's not often I wear the jersey of the team that's just absolutely embarrassed my football side exactly. uh, two days later. So uh, fair play to you for having the balls to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we got we got in from the game on Sunday. We don't get to leave the stadium until a good hour and a half after. We've done interviews and sent it back and packed up and all that boring shit. We, um, <laughs> we ended up in our hotel bar watching the third quarter of your game in German. And I don't speak very much German, but you could tell that the that the commentators were taking the piss out of the Seahawks. Like just their tone <laughs> and everything they were saying. Like there was that one beginning of the fourth quarter, they had that, that one big explosive play to Marquise Goodwin. And it was almost like they were like, oh well done. Like being really patronizing about it. So yeah, I I I was kind of banging the Ravens drum before the season. My, my kind of three in the AFC were, I, I really believed in the Bengals, the Chiefs, and, and I thought the Ravens were getting really, going really under the radar. And they had a couple of defensive injuries just before the season started, and I wavered a little bit and didn't kind of pick them anywhere. But I think the last two, three weeks, the way they bait the Lions and the Seahawks, who, all right, neither of whom are, are you would call like, absolutely in the top tier of their conference necessarily. Like, they're not that kind of best top two, top three teams, but... They're, def they're both legit playoff contenders that have been on, you know, have big wins this season on the road. Like, these are not easy teams to beat. And they've absolutely just smashed both of them in back-to-back -back weeks. They can do it pretty much everything offensively. It finally seems to be working through the air. The defence is coming together. The linebackers look great in coverage, coming up in the run as well. And I, I, just, I think they're a pretty complete team. And... Unlike a few of the other teams, like I said, I, I really like the Bengals, but the coaching always worries me. I, I don't, I still don't back Zach Taylor. I know he's taken to the Super Bowl, I know he's, but he just can't figure out how to not trip over his own feet. 
The one thing John Harbour seems to do consistently is just not make mistakes. And I think that might end up being okay. being the kind of big difference in, in this conference. So I quite like the Ravens right now. We'll give you Ravens-Bengals in an AFC Championship game for a divisional championship game because they're always barnstormers. Think about those couple of Seahawks 49ers ones that were just unbelievable games. So like give me give me that in the AFC championship. Yeah. And what do you think what do you think it is with the Ravens? What what has made them step up this 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 year? What's been it, the difference from last year or the past couple of years? Look, I, I haven't necessarily had a, a, a huge chance to look back at the games for this weekend. It's just, this is all totally on me, by the way. I was the one that suggested doing this week. I was like, yeah, I'll come back from Germany and, and it'll be really fun. And we'll talk about the, the experience in Frankfurt and everything. Forgetting that, of course, what would happen is that I won't have watched all of the games because all of the six o'clock <laughs> games I, I, I end up missing. But like, I, think they've, I think they've drafted well the last two years. I, like, I, I love Zay Flowers. I think he finally gives them a, what looks like... Yeah, maybe not a true like prototype number one in the way that you think about it when you think about you know Justin Jefferson or Stefan Diggs or someone like that, but like he can just open up the top of of a defense and all right, he's not Tyree Kill, but just in that way that their defense is forced to adjust how they defend you because you've got Zay Flowers in there versus what they'd had previously. And so I think that's really helping to open things up in the run game. It's become a bit of a safety blanket for Lamar Jackson. They've been healthier overall so far. I know that's a bit of a kind of touch wood situation because you know what the NFL can be like and, and you lose just one or two guys and suddenly uh, you're really struggling. But I, I, I really think the, the, the Roquan Smith trade last year that just elevated the defence, that turned Patrick Queen from a sometimes flashy but maybe disappointing draft pick into what looks like a pro bowl level player i really like the back end of their defense as well and so it just feels like a combination of health and things just about coming together i i also think like when they went out and made the appointments they made this off season when they went out and and brought in the coaches that they did like todd munkin couldn't fit more what they want to do and Mike McDonald couldn't fit more what they what John Harbour wants to do so like yeah I, I really I, I kind of like everything the Ravens are doing right now uh, which is uh, the absolute death knell for them and they're now bound to go on a three or four game losing streak <laughs> it, seem, it seems like uh, Lamar Jackson is doing the opposite of what Deshaun Watson's doing he's proven that he deserved that contract yeah, uh, look, Watson came back last night and had a couple of touchdown passes. And from what I understand, oh, Sunday night, sorry, look, looks kind of best he has this season. But prior to that injury, he didn't look like a starting NFL quarterback, let, let alone one that had earned himself $230 million fully guaranteed. Like, just absolutely insane numbers. I, 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 like, I love what Lamar Jackson did, right? Like, it's a little bit like Kirk Cousins, who... Obviously, they're very different in terms of talent, in terms of personality and everything. But Kirk Cousins went to bat for himself. After he came in as a mid-round pick and had to win a starting job off the back of an injury and really prove himself, he was like, no, I'm not going to take these mid-tier contracts. I'll take franchise tags. I'll prove myself. I'll get myself a fully guaranteed contract. And I feel like Lamar Jackson backed himself last year. Like He ends up costing himself probably 40-odd million dollars in the immediacy by not taking that a deal a year earlier but he yeah. gets himself something that is much better for him long term still helps the team out and i think for a level of play from him he has he still had his up and down moments he still had his moments where he's flashed he still had his moments where 
you know, he, he can throw the odd, what, absolutely wild ball, and, and he's never going to be a guy who you're just going to see take a five-step drop back, sit in the pocket, spread through four different reads and find an open man downfield. Like, that's not the way they will ever design the offense around him. But I think he just suits what they're doing. And I, I, I think you've got to talk about it when you talk about the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. I was reading there today that he's uh, he's mid-season MVP as well. Do you think he's gonna think he's gonna finish up the season as MVP? Do you know what? Someone asked this question on Sunday night while we were in the bar, and was like, "Who would you make your MVP right now if like the season ended now?" And I think I, I honestly think it's an incredibly difficult question. I think it, after Sunday night, Lamar Jackson probably is the option. It's actually what I ended up kind of plumping for on the night, but. I would have said till a couple of weeks ago, I thought Tua was in that conversation. I actually think like there is an argument that before this week, Tyreek Hill could have been in that conversation. I think actually before the Trent Williams injury, Christian McCaffrey could have been in this conversation. Like it's, it might be the year that finally we see what it was 2012 with Adrian Peterson was the last time a non-quarterback won it. Mm. Wide receiver hasn't won it in decades. Like I would love for that to happen, but the person I've been back, I, I then said, but ask me the question again for like, who do you think actually wins it come the end of the season? And I've got a really funny feeling about Joe Burrow. I think like the way he's played the last couple of weeks, particularly that 49ers performance, now he looks fully healthy. I know that, you know, the Bills gave him a proper game on, on Sunday night and you would expect that from that franchise and what they've gone through between them and, and the back and forth. But... Their back end of the year looks looks easier, but they're in a tough division. And I think if he can have, you know, on, if in the back eight games he can get six, seven wins out of those and they put up really gaudy numbers on offense, I actually think Joe Burrow, the story of it, they, the MVP voters love a storyline. It's not necessarily the guy that's had 5,000 yards and been 35 to 40 touchdowns. And, you know, that person might win it off numbers alone, but it's like to have the injury to start the year to start, so badly to be have people saying one and four you might not go to the playoffs and then go and maybe win your division go and get a playoff berth like people love that stuff so yeah, yeah. I, I kind of have a bit of a funny feeling about Burrow it, honestly though if the Ravens continue their current form Lamar Jackson's a great pick yeah 100% and, and, who's, and then honestly who's thought about him as a two time MVP like who talks about him in those terms when people talk about the elite quarterbacks his name tends to come out sixth seventh eighth on the list yeah he could become one of only two multiple time mvps left in the nfl sorry that's not true Aaron Rodgers is still in the nfl so rogers mahomes <laughs> and him would be like the only multi-time guys left in the nfl right that's the that's the company that he's keeping and he's only in like year five or six like that's ridiculous <laughs> i know we were, well um, you're talking about the top quarterbacks in the league and um there was um there was a thing about cj stroud and people oh. saying that he's now a top 10 quarterback in the league. I just want to see hear your thoughts on that. I think if you're doing it purely on this season, like if you were just doing quarterback rankings this year, top to bottom, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I'd... Oh God, now I'm trying to actually think about what it would be. But after that performance on Sunday night, we only caught the very end of that game and we got into like a bar that was shown red zone. So I literally got the last drive, but... Man, you want to tell any, tell anyone that that guy is a, a rookie who wasn't considered, like who people said that the Texans were settling for him because they couldn't get Bryce yeah. Young at one. 
that drive alone, the poise that he showed, the throws that he made, I just, it was absolutely sensational. And I, that's the, one of the only things I've gone back and watched on this weekend. There are so many good games from this weekend. But CJ Stroud is, I, I'll, I'll be another one to admit, and I'm sure so many people have, I didn't see that he was this guy necessarily coming out of college. We, I think what everyone said was Bryce Young looks like the more talented guy. He's been the guy who has probably run a slightly more pro-style uh, offence. But CJ Stroud has got this most insane level of poise and looks like he's been yeah. playing this game for 15 years already at the quarterback position. Like, I, I was, if, if you were redrafting the NFL now, let alone doing like the the kind of who's top 10 this year. But if you're redrafting the NFL and you want to build a team for the future, not to win necessarily that year, but to go on and have like long-term success, there's a guy you talk about taking in the top five or six, probably, like, not even the top 10. Like, yeah. if you're dropping guys like Rodgers, etc., out because they've only got a year or two left in their career, then suddenly yeah. you're like going, once you get past that God tier, once you get past the Mahomes, Burrows, uh, Allens, Hurts, Lamar Jackson, etc. Yeah, I think he's got to be right in that conversation. Yep. Um, you were saying he's like, he is calm and collected in the pocket, um, which is what I touched on with Zach Wilson, is what I think he's not. Every time I see Zach Wilson, he is always just looking scared. It, it reminds me it, it of somebody that just, just somebody gave a helmet and goes, right, go and play quarterback. And they're like, what? You want me to do it? I, I watched Zach Wilson's feet when I was watching that game today, and it reminded me of Jimmy Garoppolo, like when he was in San Francisco. The feet are so noisy; he's constantly tipping, tapping, and and looking for like, like not slow progression through your reads as the player is designed to go and as it's meant to develop, but actually yeah. like scanning the field and looking, and like you say, a little bit scared and then panicking when he sees a little bit of pressure coming towards him, not having that poise, not just stepping up in the pocket. That some of the, the, the pocket control stuff that Stroud was doing last night, uh, he had no right to be that good against an NFL defense uh, yeah. at all. Like, and it's not a bad defense by any stretch of the imagination uh, in Tampa Bay. So look, I, I, I think he looks sensational. And actually, for me, it's I know that Brock Purdy has come under a lot of scrutiny for during for the inceptions over these last few games. Yeah. But the reason he's been so successful to start his career, and the reason I still back him when they come back off the bye and, and get back into it, is he does have that same like level of poise, recognizes the pressure, steps up in the pocket, knows how to evade it. Neither of those guys, Stroud and and and, and Purdy, neither of those guys are going to be like game-breaking, scramble, break the pocket in a way that maybe Mahomes goes and then suddenly picks you up 26 yards in the first down on a on a third and 12 because he's been forced into that situation and you've got great coverage going on. They're not necessarily that guy, but they just, it's that ability to manipulate the pocket like Brady used to and like those real greats used to. Also his hips, like he has these crazy like it's just his hip movement and the way that he can kind of just duck out of a sack, it feels like, and yeah. just avoid that pressure as it's right on top of him. And he just keeps his eyes downfield. Like, so I actually used to like about Sam Darnold talking about Jets quarterbacks is as much as he had <laughs> a really, like as much as he obviously had a tough time in New York, he'd take hit after hit after hit. He'd be under pressure constantly and he always looked downfield. He was always trying to find his man and trying to get the pass off. And so I always thought he might have successfully managed to go to the right situation. I was Whereas, looking forward to seeing him play for the 49ers whenever uh, Brock Purdy got injured. It was just, I just wanted to see what he'd be like in that 
team. I, I, I think there is an argument. There is an argument that they should have played him against the Bengals. Like yeah. having that short week, having the fact that we the Bengals come off the bye and we played on the Monday, like just to have put them in a situation where Purdy hasn't practiced fully all week. Yes, he can clear he clears the concussion protocol, but you just don't want to rush a guy back from that kind of situation. And I'm not saying there's no evidence that that play, that that injury had an impact on why he lost that game. And actually, in the first half, he had three high-level throws, like really, really good, tight window, found the hole in the zone and made a brilliant throw. But at the same time, your guy's going to be shook up after he's taken a, a nasty hit like that and then thrown two interceptions off the back of it. So... Yeah, I, I thought it was a little tough. And I would have liked to have seen a bit of Sam Darnold. But I am back yeah. still. He's still my guy. Is he still your guy? You wouldn't like to see Sam Darnold in the starting lineup back? No? No, I, I, uh, Jacksonville this weekend, Brock Purdy. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm ready. You're, you're, not, at all, have... you're not at all okay. curious to see what it would be like under Sam? I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, but I, there's still nothing to say to me that it can't work under Purdy. And so yeah. I think we've seen enough from him to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Yeah. Jacksonville's going to be really tough this weekend. They've got great run defense. They've got a couple of great pass rushers, particularly in Josh Allen. So if Trent Williams is back and Devo Samuel are back, which is they're trending towards, then I really like the 49ers to get back on track this weekend. But without Trent Williams, they have really struggled. And Brock Purdy struggles is a big part of that as well. Yeah. Um, talking of quarterback struggles, um, the Vikings and Josh Dobbs just going in there and taking over. I mean, apparently, he hadn't even don't even know half the team's names and went clean in there and just dominated, got the comeback and everything. What a what a what a guy! Like it's honestly, it's a Hollywood story. Like, yeah. and, and I saw a thing that on the Friday after workouts, him and the uh, and the assistants quarterback coach spent another five hours after walkthroughs just going through the playbook and doing walkthroughs. Not with any other players out there because they all had their various film room stuff to go and do, but just so he could learn as much of it as possible. Yeah. And when you start to hear more and more information about the fact that he'd never taken a snap from, from the starting centre, and there's yeah. that great video from the sideline of him literally teaching the O-line what his cadence sounds like so the O-line know when to snap the ball. I, I, I don't know if people realise how hard that is for you to not go out there and just commit seven false start penalties for the rest of the game because they don't know when to snap the ball. Or to have a situation like Tua had this weekend where the ball gets fired practically over your head because you're not ready for it and it ends up being, you know, Peyton Manning in Super Bowl 48 type situation where like you just get absolutely done over by it. Like I I I I think it's like a proper Hollywood story. I genuinely think it's like the, that whole thing—he didn't know the, half the players, the receivers' names, and and when yeah. Kevin, when Kevin O'Connell's calling the plays into his headset, he's he's having to explain the play to Josh Dobbs. He's doing it, so he's giving him the you know uh, X um, you know uh, X split. Why is he like giving him all that stuff? But then saying that means this guy is going to run a post route, like having to say that to him in his headset, <laughs> so that he knows that that's what the actual first read is, because he doesn't know the language of the offense yet. Because every yeah. language, every offense has its own language, its own wording, and you have to relearn that. It's why, like when um, Rogers goes down, and everyone's just like, and myself included, I'm like, go get Jacoby Brissett, go get yourself like. Uh, uh, I mean, I'd never like the Jameis Winston idea, but like an Andy Dalton, someone who can just be steady. For the next 10 12 weeks yeah it's going to take three or four weeks to get used to that offense and he's just 
He's done it in four days. It's mad. Yep. What was what? What do you think the, the thought process and the Cardinals was there? I mean, why get rid of him? I mean, the Cardinals clearly could have used him because they they had a shutout. They were shut out. I think I, I think their thought was Kyler Murray's coming back and the trade deadlines today. Like, I think that can be all I can think is. I think they think to themselves, we get nothing if we do it in if in two weeks' time we bench him for Kyler Murray, or yeah. or they are truly tanking in the only way you can tank in the NFL, which is from an organisational perspective, right? Coaches are never going to lose games. Players are never going to lose games on purpose. Like, they will go out there and they'll fight and they'll scrap and they'll do everything they can. The only people who ever will lose on purpose are the people who are looking at the long-term future. I think about like, what happened in Washington, right? Ron Rivera's not looking at this and going, yeah, I'm in a rebuild. I want to get rid of my two premier pass rushers on trade deadline day because he knows his job's on the line. So he must be livid that sort of thing happens. Yeah. He's like... I know the organization don't care if we only get four wins this year because we end up going, yeah, picking fifth overall in the draft and getting a premier player. I want to be able to keep my job next year. And I don't think he does on the predication of what's happening there right now. So I can only think that like it, it, maybe the organization were like, we don't mind losing that much this year. Let's let's move on from this guy. But it's rough to think about. I, yeah. I'm not. I don't normally sympathise or empathise with Cardinals fans, or four of them. But I, I, I do. I feel bad in this situation that they've been kind of screwed like that. Yeah, he's been holding them together, like, and it's just going. Nah, thank you. You were going to try this guy now, and uh, I just I can't take the Kyler Murray at all. Like, he's just he's not a leader. He also looks like a child in an adult's helmet. Yes, like, he runs, yeah. he's running around out there like a, you know, like a chubba chub lolly. Like it is, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, think, I actually think he's got a great deep ball and he's can run with the ball. I think, I think someone will pay a first round pick for him if they end up picking high enough to get Drake May or Caleb Williams. If he'll go there, and I can see the Jets being stuck on him after Rogers. Yeah, you reckon? <laughs> stuck yeah. with him feels harsh. Stuck with him feels harsh. I yeah. back him to. I back him to have a good career somewhere else. Do you know, actually, looking at it, if Kirk Cousins doesn't go back to the Vikings, Minnesota could absolutely look at someone like Kyler Murray. They've got two great mm-hmm. tackles. They've got two great receivers. A great tight end. Like they have everything they need to succeed there. They just need a, a good enough quarterback to run the offense. And they've got some yeah. good young pieces on defense coming through. I really like Lewis Seen. I like. I mean, they didn't move Daniel Hunter in the end. So do they sign him to another deal and keep him around? Like, I. I that's the sort of landing spot where actually if Kyler Murray goes somewhere out there where they're built for success and just need a quarterback to run it, I think he could do really well. 100%, 100%. Well, we're going to move off NFL now. Well, um, we're going to play a game that uh, I like to call the uh, guess the Irish American football team's name via their logo game. <laughs> All right. All right. So, that's not like music a bit of fun and uh, there is no wrong answers by the way you we, you can have fun with it whatever um but yes sure, these are all american answers. football teams in ireland's logos and you just have to guess their names is, it, is there anyone else getting involved in this or are you just firing this at me is this i'm this is just you know we know all the answers to this no, I, I feel like maybe I've been monologuing. as well like <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, it's obviously got to be a T name, T a T name, right? It's, it's, what do you think be... giving that away, though? That, well, the big, the big sword that looks like a big T. Yes, I get the thing that's sword. Not away. many people see the sword. Oh, is that a it sword? Me... Yes, mate. The... 
didn't know that. <laughs> See? <laughs> or a dagger, or a... You know, it definitely yeah. has that that sense to it. I can't think of a word related to something like that that begins with a T, though. It's going to be really boring and say, like, Titans, or like maybe Thrashers, or something like that, like something thrashers? more out there. Yeah, I think yeah, it just felt wow. like a good T word for a football name. No, yeah, I, 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 yeah I'll, go, I'll go Titans. Why not? And you Trojan. certainly could be wrong, actually. Uh, wrong, Tro <laughs> Trojans is actually really obvious. It's like a, it's a sort of, like that's, I mean, it could have been a horse, of course. Like that would have made it more obvious, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Trojan should've, horse, yeah. Should've yeah. And it's not like there's not a major college team called that or anything. Yeah. yeah. Fuck well, these are the Belfast Trojans. Okay. So they okay. are. Um, next one. Should be easy. I mean, if this isn't the Vikings, that'd be utterly ridiculous, right? Yeah, yeah, there we go. The Limerick Vikings. Uh, Knights? Yes, very good. Yes. There we go. Yeah, come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You see, this isn't like, I thought this was going to be like the Tennessee thing where they did their schedule by going out on the streets of Nashville and asking pissed people to name the the team logos then and they were just wild and all over the shop but yeah that's an idea for some so content far. over here now well we could just go around belfast asking guess these logos again <laughs> bring the <laughs> bring the logo <laughs> game to the streets that's a very oh, dangerous game in belfast <laughs> <laughs> okay this is, this is hard and every time i give uh someone a clue they they don't watch star wars <laughs> So what the rebels? Yes. Do you want Star Wars, mate? Mate, calm down. His Insta says nerd. <laughs> we got Josh Craig on that. Like just, nobody just watches Star Wars. Look at that. behind me on the wall. Like awesome. Oh, love that. Do but I these watch are Star the, Wars? These are the proper nerd me. <laughs> we had the last two guests we had um literally had nothing to do with star wars didn't know anything about star wars and it was like what really and we are called nerds because we watch star wars yeah. and it was is what it is it's a great show uh, let you let your freak flag fly, fly my friend i am a proud nerd <laughs> nobody ever gets this so do not so, so it's not so it's not gonna be bulls then it's not gonna be bulls. it's not gonna be toros it's not gonna be the cows well, okay, so is it like the Matadors or something then? Like, is it the other side of the, like... You got yeah. the first letter, right? So I, yeah. First two letters? First two letters, yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm going to just go with Matadors. I don't, I like, can't think of another Tom one. Cruise, Tom Cruise's call sign and Top Gun. <laughs> the Mavericks! And they've got a bull yeah. as their logo. Apparently, That's it cool. is an unbranded bull or cow. Really? That's what we were told. Yeah. yeah. The comments. Was that, that was well, that a guest that told you that, or was that just? That that's what Google. And that's what. Sounds like what comes out the other end of that thing. To be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> we put this up last week because uh, Josh Prey was basically like, uh, uh, "I want to get involved. I want to get in contact with uh, the American Football in Ireland's marketing team because that is not a maverick." <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, Google it. Look, but, but what would you put as a Maverick logo? Like, what, what makes sense? Exactly. Um, Tom Cruise. Is da Dallas, Tom Cruise is <laughs> Dallas is like a... It's like a horse in a star. 
they're the Mavericks logo for the basketball. So like, maybe, maybe it's something to do with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't help but think about like Cowboys because of the star, right? Uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's surely some kind of like libel situation going on. Like some kind of, <laughs> there's some kind of yeah. copyright problem copyright, that they're going to have there. There's a copyright lawsuit or somewhere. They're the, they're the oldest team in Ireland, as in yes. they've been running the longest. So. The Craig Abbott Cowboys. Is, is this another one that exists in the NFL? Is this like a Hawks, uh, Falcons, and Eagles, uh, something in that area? Yeah, there we go. The Wexford Eagles. I'm, yes. I'm disappointed with the originality around the Irish NFL team names. I wanted it to be like wild, related to like, you know, fairy tales or like uh the leprechauns yeah, yeah enjoy I mean, the next two i back it i'm just saying yep I've, I've been to the leprechaun museum in dublin and i'm just saying there's a rich history there that could have been uh oh. now this is history if you but it is also a team in the nfl but it is also harry's history so oh, what is it like the, history is it Huh? So is it like the Raiders? That was no, my thinking, like Viking, like Raider, like a... No, it's, it's like a folk tale. Yeah, not history. Folk tale, <laughs> mythology. Are it Giants? Yes. Yeah, there we go. Of course it is. The Causeway Giants. I'm blaming, yeah. I see, great team name. Causeway Giants, you do an actual logo that's a giant. I'm all for that. That makes total sense. Giants, Causeway, all of that, great. Yeah. It buys into the history. That's the stuff I want to hear. Just saying Cowboys and putting the star logo that's a bit like the Cowboys logo with a bit of orange on it. That's crap, boys. Come on, you've got to be better than that. Uh, all right, I'm just going to just run through big cat names. It looks like a panther, so we're panthers. Yeah, we yeah. Go. Dublin Panthers. Yeah. And the best Easy team in, in the league... So what is it? Oh. The Jets? Are you wearing the jersey? Amazing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> are you are you all also the Jets? They're like the Athlone Jets or something. We are the Antrim Jets. Antrim Jets, right, okay. You see, we all play well. R wrong A place in uh, Ireland, but yeah, nice, see, beautiful. Me, Mark and Rob play American football. Curtis plays baseball. Curtis? Softball. 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 Not even baseball, softball. <laughs> Sport and, Kings, uh, Kurt, don't listen to them. Sport Kings. 100%, mate. 100%. I want to try it out. Yeah. Where, where do you boys play? Are you, yeah. are you all County Antrim boys? Are you all playing for yes. the Jets? Or... Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes, that's we, well, see, I, I founded the Jets, so now I'm old. I'm a coach and chairman. Okay. Where these two boys are still young enough to play. You know, but I'm. I mean, I mean, with those beards, I'm guessing they're playing on the line. Either side. Yes. 100%. <laughs> yep. They were and, playing. And if anything, like when I played in uni, probably both. Like, I, I don't know about you, I've played two-way line uh, for about two years at uni because there wasn't enough people and they're like, you're big, you can play, be a guard and a defensive tackle. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I, I started the team and I wanted to be quarterback, but uh, the coaches says, huh. no, you're a centre. So that wasn't wasn't really what I planned out, you know. Hey, it's the, it's the closest position to the quarterback. Come on, that's that is it. You know, I get to touch the ball. 
Plus, you he know? only threw the ball about 20 yards and not with a spiral, so there's a I reckon I, get, I reckon I could get a good 24 yards out of a rub now. Like. You go to the gym, have you? Bicep curls? Yeah, 100%. Working out, no. No, you're looking great, Neil. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Thank you very much, Will. I appreciate that. But here, Will, thank you very much. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, if Unless any of the guys have any questions for you before we go. No, it was perfect. No, nope. it has been 100%. Thank you for coming on, Will. Yeah, yeah. thanks. No, I, 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 I enjoyed it, boys. Uh, genuinely, any time you want to shoot the breeze, I'll, uh, I'll be on any time. And hopefully it wasn't too bad for you, like, you know, with uh, Big Mick saying, you know... Big Mick was very Enjoy. positive. I want to be very clear. Big Mick was very positive. That yeah. white neck mother trucker. Uh, he, he, oh, come on, the man is all neck. Uh, I, I'm just saying this to upset him. I'm sorry, Michael. I apologise because he'll definitely watch it. That's the other thing. Knowing that he's not he texting him about it, he will watch it just to see if he gets a mention or not. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, he was very, very positive. It's just the way that he texts me, you're going on talking balls, lol. Maybe you just go, hold on, what? Is this going to be a stitch-up job, or is this going to be like just horribly amateur, or like, what's this? No, no, no. Well, no, 100% no, no, amateur. Well, it is 100% amateur. Boys, I, I did a, an amateur podcast for like four or five years before we started doing the stuff with Gridiron, before we started doing the stuff with Toolsport. We were never this professional. And logos and screen, like, and none of this stuff. Like, you know, it was the two of us sat in a bedroom with a couple of microphones or a bar. More often a bar. Uh, so trust me, it, it looks nice and professional to me, lads. Oh, thank you very much. Well, an absolute pleasure. Thank you, sir. Very much appreciate it. Appreciate um, it, boys. Thank you very much. Yes, that's us for another episode of Talking Ball. We'll be back next week, and we'll see you later. All right, guys. Cheers. See you later. Cheers, bye.